All right, welcome to episode three. We, uh, we're happy to be back again following episode two. Had a great week, uh, anniversary week in Coronado, San Diego. And uh, how was your vacation? It was good. Thank you for a great eight days. Yeah. Well, we turned it into 10 days, but it was a good time for sure. It was 74 degrees leaving the beach. And today in the car, 114. Yeah. Hot one today. So a little reality check. But mm-hmm. it's good because we have our Stanley cups here. We're drinking our water. Hey. But uh, this is episode three. Uh, Last episode, just to recap a bit, we talked about our grief journey, um, some of the hardest moments, some of the things that pulled us through those moments, and where they led us to in in regards to um, finding hope, finding, finding different layers of our relationship to each other, and also leaning on people and community. So... Um, today we're going to talk about evolving faith through tragedy. So this one does hit close to home for us. Really close. Yeah. Uh, so for those that may not know, Deborah and I are a little bit about our background. So very similar. I'll, I'll start with mine. Raised in the church. I was under a church pew, um, I think within a week of being born and, uh, raised in church my my whole life my my dad my grandfathers on both sides they were in ministry everything was the church and everything was very rigid very structured and uh yeah that was that was pretty much my life how about yours also I'm a pew baby uh raised under a pew and I loved everything about church growing up all so many of my relationships and even to this day, friendships that we have are because of the church community that that we belong to or belonged to because we no longer belong to that community um, organization. But yeah, very, very, very Pentecostal. Always good music. Yeah. Always good music. Well, we belong to the community because we have so many friends, but no longer the organization. The organization. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that was... That's the big piece about when I think back on our journey, just as a part two from the last episode of the grief journey, was what do you do when your faith is just shattered, right? Because those early days, those early moments, um, nothing made sense. Uh, I was I was doing some word mapping today, uh, working on the book, and just writing things out, and I had words like, you know, how did it feel? you know, the before process. And I had words like abandoned, um, hopeless, you know, deep sadness. Uh, all of these things that just made me question like, God, where are you? Like, mm. where are you? I mean, it, it, you know, I, yeah. did, did you I think have any of that? I did. Um, forsaken, I think was probably something that for me, I was like, what the hell? Like, I thought I did all the things. Yeah. You know, all I do is do these things to, and and everything I did in serving in church, whether it be singing or 
helping lead volunteer teams or teaching or whatever it was, you know, giving of our time and money. Um, I never did it expecting anything, but we were raised with, with, you know, Malachi 3, like, you know, you give and it'll be given, you know, 10 times, whatever, shaken, blah, 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 all the things. And so I did the things always wholeheartedly wanting to, because I enjoyed it, right? Everything that I do, I think I do it wholeheartedly, but I have to enjoy it. So I did enjoy it, but always believing that that's part of the guarantee. The covering. The covering. Oh, let's not talk about that. Yeah. But I, but I mean, <laughs> and it, and if you really do in our situation with the loss of Zan and the transition and how it happened and heartbreaking if you really do follow that logic out and you say well the covering and it didn't I wasn't covered then you're the problem right then you are to blame somebody's to blame and uh I mean from a bible standpoint it's very old testament right there's sin somebody's got to die like that's just it's so evil and it it just causes shame it causes guilt not to mention things that were, I mean, for the most part, 99% of the people that showed up for us, especially early on, loving, comforting, but implications, assumptions, right, that we felt, or even our daughter felt that, you know, you don't know where your son's at. And that is what I think hurt the most. Well, and I think that's where maybe you and I were a little different in our initial, like, feelings. I knew where my son was. I was just at a loss where... I didn't understand because one of the scriptures that I've always, you know, shared with Zan and Ava and Ava still, um, because I was raised on it was, you know, if, if you're, if your children are obedient, if you're, if you honor your mother and father, then you will have long life. Right. So I go to Zan. That's all he did. Zan was very respectful, honored us. Even when he didn't like the answer we gave him, he was respectful. He did all the things and not a perfect child, had his own walk in relationship Mm -hmm. and his own, um, I want to say, his own questioning of the why because of all the things that we instilled in him. And so when this happened, I was like, what the heck? Like, God, like, he's like, why would you do that? Right. So that was, I didn't feel hopeless. I didn't feel that I don't know where my son's at because I knew, I, I knew. And I, and, no I, and I would say from that standpoint, because early on we had so many signs and confirmations, oh, right? absolutely. The house, the smoke detectors, just all three going off, just everything that happened, especially within those first three days. Um, so I knew, but I'm talking about this earthly experience, what happened to Zan. It was hard because all of the teaching that I've ever heard was if something bad happens, you know, to your family, well, then you're responsible. Right. You know? Well, if, if something bad happens and then you're, if someone dies by suicide, that's like a no, but that's like the one thing. Right. You're done. It's, it's, yeah. And um, for us, and for me, you know, Rick Warren, Kay Warren, out of Saddleback, their story, I'd, I mean, I'd heard about it, 
but um, it meant a whole different level, obviously, after this happened, um, when we were going up to NAU to pick up Zan's things from college. I mean, just the weight of just driving back up that drive again from Phoenix. We we heard Rick Warren's message, the first message after uh, his son died by suicide. And that, for me, was really that piece that, you know, I'm not alone. Somebody has gone through this with my faith background that has had devastation. Um, but, I mean, I think just going through this whole thing, it doesn't change the fact that you're not left wondering, you know, and, and then going back to some of these bigger questions, I've heard the word deconstruct, deconstructing, I don't really care for labeling words, but really asking those deep questions of um, these things I've thought I believe my whole life. Do I really believe them? And why do I think I believe them? Right. You know, I, I, like I th- fully question them um, from that standpoint of, you know, why? Who said? I mean, I was looking up, you know, the Hebrew Bible. I was looking up, you know, in the original text. I was looking up the Greek. I was looking at commentators. I was looking at revisions. I was looking at canonization of the Bible and who had a hand in it. You know, there's a lot of stuff in there. If you want to find issues with the Bible, <laughs> if you want to find questions, don't go look over there. There's people, I only read the King James Version. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you can find issues with if, if you really want to go. If you don't want to look, don't look. But there's a lot of cracks in that foundation. But at the same time, you know, and you heard that that term, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like somewhere in my, my relationship with Christ, which I know that I have that's founded, but it's convoluted with all this other stuff that I don't think was ever supposed to be a part of that message. You know, right. that, that's that's where I went. So I, I think that um, when we talk about evolving faith through tragedy, you know, those things um, really did show up in a big way. And I, I think that as we talk through it, right, how many, how many times right. do we jump on a live and we, say we got to talk about it? Yeah, definitely talking through it. I, I, you know, I think we both did our um, share of reaching out looking right looking for answers um i i remember messaging people that i respect um who have theology down yep. pat and saying can can i don't understand like help me understand you know i clinged on to this scripture and help me understand and so yeah you know digging and and i i read more than i probably have ever read in my entire life trying to find answers because the answers that I grew up believing didn't fit the end of the chapter. Yeah, and, and I think for those that, that may be listening, we, we live in an age right now. I mean, you look at the numbers of the number of millennials and, you know, not even counting Gen Zs that no longer go to church, right? They come from Christian homes. They, they grow up. They don't want to go. They say they don't believe in God. Or they're angry about it. So I think this question is not just unique to somebody who's lost somebody so close like this and tragically with grief, but people are questioning like their faith in that way. And, um, you know, number one, I think God can handle it, right? Absolutely. He he can handle your questioning. Um, But it's, it's happening at such a big scale for, 
for those that um, are going through a grief period right now, and it could be a grief from a marriage, it could be a grief from a career, lots of different things. Um, you know, you mentioned community and reaching out community. Was there anything else that I'm trying to think back that really helped us as we were kind of grasping and things were changing? It was a good day, it was a bad day, it was a good day, it was a bad day. Yeah, well, initially it was all bad days. Yeah. Um, I think community really was was a big part of and continues to be a big part of us um, in this journey. I, you know, for me, truly, it was my belief. The box was, we've we've used that many a times. The box was shattered. The box was shattered. Yeah. And I now feel like, wow, I'm, I was pretty ignorant. I was well, pretty, I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. Pre- because knowledge is power. And we, or I, just, this is it, this is it, this is it, and not giving any room to learn anything outside of what I was told to learn or right. to focus on. And there's a lot more out there. I, I You know, you, you said, think God can handle it. I think God likes us delving into why we believe what we believe. Why we believe what we believe. And I've always gone back to I, you know, church, that that for me right now, not not it's not a place where um I wanna be. But God for me right. has been my center. I without a shadow of a doubt no, my son's good. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know that I'll see him again. Yeah. And without a shadow of a doubt, I know that I'm loved. And my daughter's loved, and you're loved, and my family's loved, and my friends are loved. Those that believe like me and don't believe like me, I know that God loves them. And that mm. is something that... I always was, you know, believed because of teachings that, well, if they don't do these things, you know, God loves them, but we've got free will and, and it goes into all these other areas right. of life. But I, I, I just, I go back to as a parent, there is nothing, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my child on their best day or on their worst day. Nothing. How much more a God that I believe that died for me would do for me. Well, if, and, you know, I know the book uh, Love Wins Love by Rob, by Rob Bell, <laughs> that book. one of the statements he says in there, and it's controversial because it messes with a lot of sacred cows that I think, I think sometimes religion overemphasizes somebody's, it's not even God's word, it's somebody's interpretation that they told down the story. They'll worship that more than the person that's right in front of them. They'll send that person to hell 10 times a day. But one of the things he said in the book that was probably the, I had never picked up that book, but probably about a year after, I did pick up the book because I want. I, I was searching. And where did you find the book? Uh, in your bookcase, where it's been for like eight years. But one of the things he says in there that really made me just start peeling the onion back for me personally uh, in this journey of faith is um, he says a statement. You know that Paul shares. There's this quarrel in during Paul's time. And the women, the believing women were leaving their believing husband, unbelieving husbands, 
because he's not a believer, so I'm going to divorce him. And Paul writes in the letter, he says, um, if a believing wife, right, has an unbelieving husband, she should not leave him because he's covered. Otherwise, how can their children then be clean? So God's granting, according to this, he's granting immunity for salvation. And again, I think we, we misinterpret that word. Right. But he's granting, he's like, there's all these different loopholes to being saved, but we've focused it so tightly in the outline of the opposite of safe is continual torment day and night for infinity. Like, that's the price. And you're like, that's such a big deal. But yet, if you married a, he's an unbeliever. If you married him, he gets to come in like, you know, an immigration green card. Like, how <laughs> have we made like massive things and said, all those people are going to hell and all these people are going to heaven. And we're just, we're taking this, this inherited framework. And that's where I say evolving faith through tragedy. It really made me think about that. Like right. who, who am I, who are we, or who are people to cast this judgment on people because they think they've got exclusivity on God based on their interpretation of texts. They probably don't even fully understand. Right. And that's where I'm at still today. But I, I choose to, believe in love and that love wins. Absolutely. And that at the end, when you love someone, you find a way. And if God loves you, guess what? He finds a way. And um, that that's where I'm at today. Um, where would you say, and I, I, I guess for people that may be hearing us, that they're in the middle of grief or they're having a, a crisis, whether it's a loved one or some other event, um, where... I'm trying to think back, where would you encourage them to start when it comes to this faith journey of like, I don't know, or I don't want to know, or it's just, it's just pieces. I believe that the people, well, let me backtrack, because I know I'm loved by God, by the universe, by light, however anyone wants to interpret that. I was led, or the people that I needed to speak to were led to me. The book I needed to read, I came across. Mm -hmm. The, you know, podcast I needed to hear came came, came across, up. Right, On, and so I, I, but but we, I was seeking it, right? So, and I would say, God, help me, show me. Give me the person, give me the, you know, what should, you know, just asking for that direction. And um, I just, it, it, it came, the right people, people I hadn't spoken to in forever they that show up. showed up yeah. with the words that I needed to hear to combat, not the thoughts I was having, it was combat some of the negative crap that People were saying that mm -hmm. made me, you know, what's my, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to take their eyeballs out. Yeah. Please do not let them come near me because mm. I promise you I'm, I'm going to be missing eyes. People will yeah. be missing eyes. Um, and so that, that's what I, you know, just, just look for it. Yeah. And I, I don't think, be scared to look. I, I think being open, your heart being open and very similar to, you know, um, we believe that our son, as we as we've uh, learned from groups like Helping Parents Heal, that you know they're they're alive, uh, their spirit is alive, and they do send signs. 
and um, we're open to it. And we're and because of that, we see signs all the time. These things, these reminders. He's okay, and because he's okay, we can be okay. Absolutely. Um, but it's really hard, and similar to faith, whether it be God or signs from loved ones, is it's really hard to get those messages when you're just closed off to it. But as you soften your heart, as that happens, that light has an easier way to find its yeah. way in. I remember um, I had this, you know, I had a conversation with my mom about maybe three years ago, going on four years. Okay. So, and um, because of the signs, right? And so, as I mentioned in the last episode, my brother, um, Rudy, died at 17 in an accident. And I was 11. And I mean, all we need to do, it was God, he's good, he's asleep, right? Because yeah. the Bible says people die, they go to sleep. They're sleeping. And so that's, I think, how, well, I know it's how my parents, you know, we all, he's sleeping, he's at rest, his soul, his spirit's at rest. Um, but when this happened to us, these signs that were so undeniable. Right. And I know even just for the average person, unless you believe in that, people would think you're crazy. But many experienced them in our home, Whoa. which was incredible. But yeah. that being said, there was um, a conversation I had. I'd gotten some information, signs. I called my mom and... I said, oh, because one of the things that I had, I think I called Roy in Zunza and when we were doing one of the Zooms and I'm like, I don't understand, you know, they're sleeping all these. And he's like, you know, there's and Roy, I'm sorry if you hear this and if I misquote you, but he took me to the scripture of there's a host of saints yeah, cheering you on. He's like, how are they asleep if they're cheering us on? And I'm like. Dude, they're both in, both of those things are in the Bible, but all you know. With that, I shared with my mom, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I remember you know certain songs or certain things would come on, and she, I'd I'd be like, La sangre de Cristo,' you know, mm -hmm. it's a saying you say, you know, in her upbringing, because she thought that it was wrong that she knew that was my brother's spirit, right? And she's like, "Oh my gosh, that's not you know from God and." I, I laugh because I'm like, you know, all this time here, my brother was really probably trying to get my parents' attention. And um, and so, so yeah, be it's it. like the person who's trying to call you 900 times and you never pick up and then eventually, you know. <laughs> but I think this is definitely something where our faith has shifted. Right. Uh, in that those are loved ones that have gone before us. Um, there, you know, consciousness is is still active. And for anybody interested, look at the University of Virginia. Uh, look at their NDE research that they've had yeah. going back the last 40 years. Um, the similarities of what happens to numerous of people that have been, you know, dead for minutes and some some multiple minutes and, you know, 130 minutes and what they see and describe and come back in such vivid detail um, that talks about like their consciousness, literally they're floating above their body and there's always a tunnel. There's a light. There's all these sequences that are so similar, right? And and that is very consistent with consciousness uh, that that goes on and on. And and the way I think of consciousness, right? You're we're all living our story, right? We are narrating in our heads right. from the moment of inception 
to the day we die and then beyond, right? The right. narration doesn't stop. That consciousness keeps going. And that's what I think is the beautiful thing that, you know, loved ones going on. They remember us. They still think about us. They are cheering us on. And how we live now, we, we live uh, to also honor them, remember them, you know, so as time goes by, I don't, I don't know, how, how, does it feel as you think about memories of Zan and other loved ones, has that pain softened as you think about them or does it feel about the same? Uh, the pain feels the same, but softened, if that makes any sense. Like the pain's there. Then I smile because I, I, because of the memory, um, where before I think with the memory, it was, I'm never going to have these again. Yeah. Where now I'm like, I can't wait I to that. create memories again. So it's, it's looking at it a little differently because I do believe I'll create memories again with Zanny. Um, but it's definitely easier to carry. Easier to carry. I right. mean, just this last weekend, coming back from Coronado Hotel, Coronado, Del, which was a spot that we go as a family for holidays for Fourth of July and during Christmas. Of, we have a Christmas photo in front. Yeah, of Yeah, so um, it was hard. Yeah. Coming home was hard. It, not the coming home; it was being home, and it it was like oh. For, for whatever reason, and, and you made a point like coming back is, is just when a, you're in deep, when you've had grief and I guess to the level of, you know, that you've lost somebody that you really loved and the closeness, I think when you go back home, you take a trip and you go back home. I've noticed that, I've, you know, just journaling and tracking that every time we come back home from being gone for a while, you just feel like this, you know, kind of punch in the stomach. Yeah. And then you just adjust. But knowing that in advance, I think, you know, and thankfully we had some really good friends yeah. host us, you know, when we get back and invited us over on day one. So, yeah, it's like drop the luggage. We've and go. got we've got a great <laughs> community. So I would encourage anybody who is going through grief, um, be open to community community. If you got people reaching out to you or if you don't want like a big group, even one person just it really does help to disperse that weight. And I can think of the people that have been there for us and that continue to be there. And now right. we're there for others, right? you know, in turn, but that community, it just, it made all the difference. Yeah. And I think one of the things that is important when you are trying to find those people, the community um, to walk with you through certain things, it's if it doesn't make you feel good, if, if it hurts, community shouldn't hurt. Mm. Community shouldn't bring on guilt and shame. Community is there to support, even if that's not to say anything. Yeah. And I, and I, Rick Warren says that the, the stronger the grief or the loss, the less words that need to be said. And that has been real for us. And, uh, you know, it's, as we've gone through these years, you know, more people have opened up in different ways. We know each other on a more intimate level, you know, so we can play chicken foot or <laughs> whatever we're doing. And, you know, we can laugh again and, yeah. and have fun with all those things. So uh, I know we're coming to the end here. This is a heavy topic. I know all of our topics are not this heavy, but this is one that we really 
talked about that we, we wanted to share this because we know that there's others that are going through a grief, some type of grief. It may not be the loss of a loved one or it may be, um, but we always like to share the, the You Matter message, um, that you matter. If you've got air in your lungs, if you've got, uh, you've got your heart still beating here, you've got a purpose and uh, you are loved and we do Hope you will reach out if you need help. We've got the resource pages uh, on the Zanu Matter Foundation. We've got resources there. Um, but we just want to say don't give up, don't quit. And um, we're so glad you tuned in for this now third episode. And we're excited to share more. Anything else to add to that? No, you matter. All right, guys. Talk to you later.